0: That which is good made death unto me. God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not, for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more that I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. The problem that we see all throughout Romans 7. The problem is you, the problem is me, the problem is us, all of it is I, 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 me, 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 and when you got saved and when I got saved, you know what we thought? We thought we were done with sin, nope, we weren't, was it paid for? Yes, Do we have an eternal home in heaven? Yes, were we bought with the price? Yes, but guess what? The next day, we still sin. And this is what Romans 7 is trying to help us get a hold of. Our flesh didn't get saved. In my flesh dwelleth what? That's right. What do we need to do? Die daily. Our struggle as Christians is to keep our flesh in a dead state. That's always the struggle. And your flesh and my flesh, if you, don't, if you haven't already got a hold of this, get a hold of it this morning. It is not going to change. It's not. Until you and I get a glorified body, then it will. Look at verse number 13. You see, death unto me. Working death in me. Verse 14, I am carnal. I didn't have this struggle before I get saved. Did you? It was, who cares? We don't care. Who in the world hates sin? Well, I didn't before I get saved. You didn't before you got saved. The only people that hate sin are believers. And this is the struggle that we're looking at this morning. Verse 13, was then that which is good made death unto me. That's like saying, will, will pure spring water poison you, poison you? Will freshly grown organic fruits and vegetables, will they make you sick? Well, no. It's like saying, is the law a problem? No, the law isn't a problem. If it's good, how is it death? The law didn't bring death. What brought death? Sin brought death. The law is not the problem. Sin is the problem. The problem is the more good that you know, the more sin becomes exceeding sinful. You see that? And that's our struggle as Christians. That's why it says that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful at the end of verse 13. Now, we all know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Not so with the law. This is something that you've got to experience for yourself and I have to experience for myself. Our condition is more serious than we think. All of us men, we would proudly stand up and we would testify publicly we are not cowards we are men until the call for battle gets cried out then we find out who the cowards really are what happens the experience of okay now it's go time reveals who the cowards are the same with the law as soon as the law is revealed, now we see exactly how sinful we really are. And that's the struggle living the Christian life. The more we know, the more we find out, well, we really aren't as good as we thought we were. Romans 7, verse 14. Well, we know that the law is spiritual. And it is, because as a believer, we have the mind of Christ. We know the Bible says the natural man receiveth not the things of uh, of the Spirit of God. The natural man cannot discern spiritual things. We know that. We don't have the Spirit of this world. We have God's Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 tells us all of this. And God gave us this spirit so that we wouldn't be a natural man, so that we would be spiritual. For we know that the law is spiritual. God wants us to be spiritual because he wants us to compare things. He wants us to understand spiritual things. Okay, so we see that. Well, we know that the law is spiritual. Now watch in verse 14. But I am... Yes This is Paul As a saved man He's saved And he's saying I am carnal It's not before Paul got saved, and then finally, after he was delivered in verse 24 and 25, which is what some groups would have you to believe, that Paul is saying this in his unconverted state. It's not Paul in his unconverted state. It's Paul as a Christian. If it was before his conversion, it would have said natural. The natural man receiveth not the things of God in in 1 Corinthians 2. Paul is saved. And it's rendered correctly, but I am carnal. It it doesn't need to say, but I am of the flesh. It's carnal. Why? Because there are carnal Christians. Go to 1 Corinthians 3. I want to tackle this idea because some teach that there is no such thing as a carnal Christian. But the Bible teaches that there is. Well, there's no such thing as a continuous carnal Christian. You can give an as emotional sermon as you want, but there's no such thing as a continuous carnal Christian. But there is, and I'm going to show you from the Bible. Now, I am not saying that we should live that way. I'm just telling you that that is the fact. And by the time we get through it, you're probably going to come to the same conclusion that I came to. That's me. Let's look at the Bible and see if, You agree or not. First Corinthians three. Watch what it says. And I brethren. Could not speak. Unto you as unto spiritual. But as unto carnal. Even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk. And not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? This is when the preacher compels his uh, church family to get out and do something. And they don't want to get out and do something. Why? Because they're carnal. This is when the Holy Spirit of God is pricking your heart and saying, hey, you need to be doing this. And you don't do it. You know why? Because you're carnal. You know why I don't do it? Because I'm carnal. There is a such thing as carnal Christians. We see it right in First Corinthians 3. You guys are carnal. Well, they got themselves right. They did, but they're Christians that are living carnal. Romans was written in about 54 55, somewhere in the mid-50s A.D. The Apostle Paul is penning this down, and he says, I am carnal. How many of you think Paul progressed in his Christian walk and got less carnal? Let's see what the Bible says. First Corinthians 15, watch what it says. I'll let you turn there so we can look at these together. This is written in 55, around 55 AD, this is penned down. And Paul says this by the Holy Spirit, verse Corinthians 15, verse number nine. Verse number nine, watch what he says. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle. That's what he said. Out of all the apostles, just consider me the least. Know what he's saying? I'm the most carnal of every single one of them. Five years later. Go to Ephesians 3. Because Ephesians is penned down. About 60 AD. Somewhere around there. Watch what Paul writes. Under the Holy Spirit's inspiration. About five years later. After he says he's the least of the apostles. Watch what he says now in Ephesians 3. Verse number 8. Paul says. Under the Holy Spirit's inspiration. In Ephesians 3. 8. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints. He ups the end on his carnality. He says, I'm not even the least of the apostles. Five years later into this thing, I'm looking at all the saints. I'm the least of all them. (laughs) He's not getting better. He is confessing. That he is more carnal. Why? Because the more deeper we get in the Word of God, Paul got a hold of the fact that he realized he was not as spiritual as he wanted to be. I want to be more spiritual. Do you? As the months go by and as the days and as the years go by, we realize we're more carnal than we thought we were, the deeper our roots get. But that's not, that's not it. That's not it. Go to 1 Timothy. The last one we'll look at concerning this. 1 Timothy was written in about 65 AD. So this is five years later after Paul says, I'm the least of all the saints. Watch what he says five years later into his walk. 1 Timothy 1. We all know this verse 15. At the end of verse 15, it says that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul says he's carnal. Then he says, I'm the least of the apostles. Five years later, he says, I'm the least among all the saints. Five years later after that, he says, just consider me the chief of all sinners. Now, you tell me that ain't something to think about. That's the progression of when this was penned down. I'm telling you. You know what growing in the Lord means? Our awareness of our sin. And our awareness of our carnality. We realize who we really are. Look at Ephesians 4. How many of you think the flesh ever takes a day off? <laughs> How many of you wish your flesh would take a day off? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guess what? It ain't taking a day off. Look at Ephesians 4. Verse 22. Bible says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. You've got something that's hindering you. And it's the same thing I have that's hindering me. It's our flesh. And it's carnal. And then it says, going back to Romans 7. I am carnal. And then it says, I am sold under sin. Well, praise God. We're saved. And I'm not saying I don't rejoice in this just like you do. We're forgiven. Praise God. We're justified. Hallelujah. We're born again. We've received God's imputed righteousness. Praise God. I rejoice in that. But guess what else? We don't like to think about. We are sold under sin. It's not before you got saved. It's now that you are saved. We don't like that. Because we thought we got rid of our sin nature. And we didn't. And Paul is trying to get us to understand the imperfect state of every Christian. Would you agree with me that Paul is probably the best Christian that we know? The holiest of men. That's who that's talking about. And Paul, by his own admission under Holy Spirit inspiration, lays it out. You know why he had a thorn in the flesh? Probably keep him humble. Every single, single one of us, every single one of us, myself included, God help me. We are self-exalting. We are self sufficient we are self-made paul says i am carnal i am the least i'm the least of the apostles i'm the least of the saints i'm the chief of sinners it's willing slavery willingness to be sold under sin elijah said to ahab in first kings Thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. It's said of the nation as they went a whoring after other gods in Isaiah 50. For your iniquities have ye sold yourselves. That nation was set apart by God. They willingly sold themselves into iniquity. And most modern evangelicals do the same thing. Your God is you. My God. Well, I'm not careful if you're not caring. We're carnal. We're saved. Hallelujah. But the more good we know, the more we realize we're a bit further from God than we thought we were. <laughs> he says "Prime carnal, sold under sin You and I struggle the same way. We're saved and we're trying to live right. And I know when we were newly saved, we all thought we can get victory on our own. We thought that. And as we go further down the road, we realize we fail over and over again. We see every time there's destruction comes into our life and we have no power to stop it. And that experience teaches us that we can't do it on our own all of that is the experience of the christian life this is why you get with someone that's been down the road longer than you they help you get away from that carnal sold under sin side and help you to tap into the spiritual side and it's so important but a new christian go to galatians uh three i want you to see this galatians three a new christian wants to put himself under the law because he thinks some type of law will help him. He inadvertently does this, and I don't want us to do this. Look at Galatians 3. Uh, okay, verse number 10. Galatians three ten. Bible says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them every time you put yourself back under a law you put yourself back under a curse you're wanting help where it can't be found you know why because go to james we'll look at that right past hebrews you come to the book of james chapter two watch what it says James 2, verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. So we try to keep a law, then we realize we don't. We try to keep all the law, we keep most of it, we break it in one and we realize, you know what? I'm right back where I started, as carnal as I can be. Romans 6, go back there. Romans chapter 6, and then we'll wrap up this thought. We want to get an understanding. I hope we get an understanding of the law and its place. Romans 6, 14. Should we as Christians put ourselves under a law? Verse 16. What then? Verse. I'm I'm sorry. Romans 6. Make sure everybody's in the right place. Romans 6, verse 14. Bible says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. What do you need to realize when you're living a carnal life? When you want to be better and you're not better. What should you realize in your mind? Oh, I got to put myself under a law and that'll help me. No, 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 no. You need to get a hold of your under God's grace. And pray that God would help you yield to his spirit and that you would walk in the spirit. And you know what will happen? The grace of God will help you get through that thing through God's grace. Because every child, that's called the law of Christ. His grace. You don't just get saved by grace. You live the Christian life by grace. Not as a license to sin. Hey, God, help me walk in the spirit. I need your help. I need your grace. I need your mercy. God will help you. But you trying to keep a law on your own, put yourself right back under bondage. Just let God's spirit direct you. And then as you yield to his spirit, I'll hold that thought because we're going to get to the verse in a minute. But Paul realizes that there is spiritual conduct and there's carnal conduct. How many of you would agree with that this morning? If you have kids, amen. <laughs> Parents, right? Good days, bad days. How many of you have a good day and a bad day? You're just as carnal as they are. I'm not trying to be mean. All I'm saying is, when you get upset and frustrated at them because they're not doing right, well, you're not handling how they're doing right, right. You're just as carnal. I'm just as carnal. Why'd you yell at me, Dad? Because I'm carnal. Well, you think that was too harsh of a punishment? No. What what is what is all that? It's carnality. You think you're going to be a great parent because you prayed and you just, you know, you, 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 everything is just in your mind how it's going to be. And then it's the same thing with the Christian life. You think, oh, I got saved, everything's everything. But, and then you start realizing the more you try to do good, the more you fall short. That's the Christian life. And this is what's trying to be brought out here in Romans chapter number seven. And in verse number 15, here's what it says. Romans 7, verse 15, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Why would you do what you hate? Because you can't overcome your flesh, that's why. I'm not wanting to do wrong, but I end up doing wrong. Watch it, I'm doing what I hate. This is the saved person. When you say that, when I say that, when Paul says that, what is he consenting? That is good. He's consenting that the law is good by the by the mere fact of him saying that. And this is the living by you by experience. You figure all this out. You're just powerless. Your sin is hidden. You know, have a fight between the two eyes. All of us are schizos. We, we have a split personality. What's wrong with you? I have a split personality. Go to a psychologist and try talking to him about it. Just wig out his mind. You try to explain this to him. But that's what's going on. You get two men trapped inside. You got two natures trapped inside. And you're constantly haunted by it. At least I am. For what I would do, that do I not. I see what's good, Lord. I see what's good, but I can't do it. There's a little boy. He was sent home from school because he had bad behavior. The neighbor finds out and says, little Billy, I'm sorry to hear this. I thought you had better principles. And the little boy answered, ma'am, it wasn't the principles. My principles are right. It was my conduct they sent me home for. (laughs) What is that? That's the honesty of a little boy saying, you know what? I know what is right. I just can't do it. (laughs) You ever have your kids say that to you? God, I just don't know how to do right. That's us before God. As we get deeper in this thing. Then it says in verse 15, but what I hate, that do I. I see it's wrong. I see it's wrong. I can't stop doing it. What's the sin that so easily besets you? That's this verse. I hate it. Lord, I hate it. I can't stop it, though. I want to stop it. This is Romans 7. We're nuts up because of our carnality. And it ain't changing. It's not changing until we get a glorified body. And then our salvation will be completely unqualified by that. It is complete. We have eternal home in heaven. Our soul is saved, but our flesh is not. So until we get that glorified body, welcome to the Christian life. That's what Paul is trying to get us to understand from the Holy Spirit. There was a man who lived a godless life. He was a thief. He was always in trouble with the law. He trusts Christ. He's on the narrow way. He's saved. Praise God. But not long after he was converted, The old temptations started coming back. His old desires start forcefully asserting themselves onto his heart and mind. He was saved, but his flesh wasn't saved. So he's got this struggle. He's got this frustration inside. And one day the old nature got the best of him and the police catch him in in robbery. He's a thief. He goes before the judge. He's very repentant. He tells the judge, look, judge, I'm sorry. I'm a Christian. He's very repentant. And he explains the judge's situation. He says, judge, look, I got saved. Now I have two natures. I have my old nature and I have my new nature. My old nature is my carnal nature and my new nature is the saved." person who i really am so judge i really didn't steal it wasn't really me it was my old nature so the judge says look i understand i completely get what you're saying and you're right your new nature is not guilty so he is free to go however your old nature is guilty and it must spend 30 days in jail (laughs) Allow your old nature to ask your new nature where you're gonna where it's gonna go. <laughs> well, I'll tell you where it's gonna go. With them to jail. That's the Christian life. That's it. That's it. God help us. God help us all. Okay, Romans 7, that last verse, and I'd like you to get first John three. This is the verse I wanted to go to earlier, but I held my hand on it. First John 3, uh, Romans chapter number 7. Some of the older saints really like the book of First John. I know Brother Kelly likes to teach out of that book. It's about living right as a Christian. And uh, most older saints wish the younger generation would just live right. It just nobody cares anymore. They should care. But Romans 7, verse 16, the Bible says, If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now, an unsaved man does wrong, but he doesn't believe it's wrong. And if he's ever caught, he just blames God and God's law. That's the unsaved man. That was us before we got saved. But not so with the saved man. The saved man consents always, look, the law is good. God's commandments are good. I'm messed up. That's how the saved man processes his sin. And if he's blaming God and God's law, probably need to start back at the beginning and start witnessing to the guy. Because saved men and lost men process things differently. We can receive spiritual things. Saved man knows he's the problem. God is good. The saved man is not opposed to God's law. He understands his commandment is righteous. So Paul is not in Romans 7. He is not approving of his carnality. That's not the point of Romans 7. Paul is disapproving of his carnality and ours. With that thought, go to 1 John and we'll read it. And we'll start to close out. 1 John 3 says, in verse 9, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. We all know that verse, right? We've all read it? Are you telling me a Christian never sins? No, no, no. I didn't say that. first, John, first John's not saying that. First John says, what was born of God, your soul or your flesh? Soul. My soul was born of God. My soul is saved. My flesh remains unsaved. You know what doesn't sin? My soul. Christ liveth in me. You think he sins? No. No. Well, you think your sinful soul is going to go up to God? No. He covered, he paid for, you, he, you received his imputed righteousness. There's a side of you that doesn't save because it's born of God. But you do sin, don't you? And so do I. And that's the carnal, fleshly side that continues the war against each other. And that what that is what makes us go completely bunkers. And that's the fight. That's the struggle. The new man is always being put in checkmate by the old man. You know that as well as I do. Just think about what happened over the last two weeks. You know what it is? It's a bunch of checkmates. You and I trying to do right. Because we're born of the spirit of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're eternally bloodwashed saints. Praise God. And we're constantly be- being put in checkmate by the old nature. And it's hindering us, not helping us. And there's always going to be that strife. Two more verses. Two more verses. Galatians 5 and Ephesians 4. Galatians 5 and Ephesians 4. Watch what it says verse 16. Galatians 5. Verse 16. Galatians 5. This I say then. Walk in the spirit. And ye shall not. Fulfill. The lust of the flesh. Isn't that simple? All we have to do is leave here and walk in the Spirit. And you won't sin. You would be able to fulfill 1 John 3. Well, let's keep reading. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. There's the fight. And they are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. You can't do it. Because that battle will be there until you get a glorified body. But you know why the butt's there? Because I'm telling you there's something stronger that we have than our carnal flesh. There is something stronger. We are born of the spirit of God. And that's the hope in verse number 18. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under what? You're not under the law. Don't try to find another law to keep. Try to get under the spirit of God and walk in his spirit. That's the idea of Galatians chapter number five. The spirit is more powerful and the spirit will put you back on track and you'll have those rails right where they need to be. But there's going to be a train wreck. The spirit is more powerful. Get you back on the tracks. Yeah, but I have all this stuff. Forget about all the stuff. Just pick the one thing right now that you're in, and get and walk in the spirit, and let and get right back on track. Will there be another train wreck? You bet there will. And remember, the spirit's more powerful, more powerful than your flesh. As strong as your flesh is, you've got something more powerful. I want my flesh to go on vacation. It's not happening. So stop trying to find another way to deal with it. The flesh is not going on vacation. Last verse, Ephesians 4. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, verse 21. If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Parents, you do this. Well, mamas do this. Maybe not dads. Wives probably do this to the husbands. Husbands typically don't do this to the wives. This is typically the way it goes. Get those dirty shoes off. You run out in the mud all day. Take off those dirty shoes. Hey, we're going to church. Get off those filthy clothes. Put something new. Hey, you've been working out in the fields all day. You've been working all day. You smell. Take off those clothes. Put some new clothes on. God's telling you the same thing. Take off the dirty clothes. Too many Christians leave them on. Day after day, they just keep piling on dirty clothes after dirty clothes after dirty clothes. They walk around. They stink the whole town up. Take it off. Take the dirty carnal clothes off and put on the new man. It's a constant thing. You've got to get dressed every day when you wake up, right? Do I? Do you? Too many Christians are running to the hamper and putting on old dirty clothes. And God says, you've been born again. Will you just take off those dirty clothes? Because I've got some really nice, clean ones for you to wear. Will you just wear those and walk in the spirit? But Lord, I can't. I know you you say you can't because you're bogged down with all those dirty clothes. Take them off. I got something for you to put on. My spirit's more powerful than your carnal flesh. The new nature I gave you is more powerful. Yield to. it.